Glad that you're with us this morning. Okay, I am on. Um, I'm Darwin Keeney, one of the elders here, and, and uh, just, uh, I guess, thank you for the opportunity to share with, with you this morning. Um, just an announcement that we want to share is that Bacon Bros and Bible is coming up uh, this Saturday. So if you love bacon guys and, and love hanging out with some guys, but also getting into the Word, I just invite you for that. Um, bacon just makes everything good. Even Mike's smoking project, you know, bacon would make it better. Uh, but so uh, thank you for just that opportunity to come and, and uh, look at God's Word. also want to thank uh, the hymns and her. Uh, hymns and her, you know, it's they sing hymns or it's guys and then her with uh, Ruth. They kind of had to come out of the bullpen this week because uh, everybody else was gone on, on uh, spring break vacation. And, and I'm glad that you're not uh, taking vacation this week or this morning. You got up, as uh, um, Terry had said, you know, you're able to spring out of bed this morning. So glad that you're here this morning. And uh, as we open God's word, we'll just uh, have a, hopefully you'll learn something. You know, I, I do as I look at it, so hopefully you as well. So let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here and to uh, uh, hear your word. And uh, may those words be anointed by you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wanted to, to uh, I guess, add uh, praise that, that Teresa was able to make it out. Yesterday morning, she left at 4.30 to head to the Denver airport, um, and if you got up and you noticed all the roads were all icy, well, she drove in it, but she was able to get out. She went down to uh, Miami to spend time with her twin sister um, for a few days away, and, and it just so happens, and I'm not sure, I'm kind of taking a little uh, offense to this, but it seems like when I preach, she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> And she's probably got some insight, you know, she's, you know, we've been married over 34 years, and, and maybe it's like, yeah, Darwin, you're preaching, I'm, I'm leaving. So I don't know. So thank you for being here uh, and, and bearing with uh, what I have to speak about this morning. This morning, we're going to be looking at Jesus in the wild, facing down the if in our lives. And uh, we've been going through Luke 4, verses 1 through 14. And just the different aspects of it. So this morning we're going to look at a two-letter word, if. And some of the implications of that. Because Satan is the one that's using it in his statement before Jesus. Next week they're going to be talking about Jesus' response. But this morning we're going to look at Satan's statement to uh, Jesus. So the theme this morning is, is how does the, the accuser speak to you? And what is the enemy of your soul seeking to get you to question? So as, as basically, you know, Satan came before Jesus with, you know, with a statement or, or even with a question, we're going to be looking at that and how that would relate to us. So the three statements are this. Um, 
There we go. This, the first service, it didn't work, and so now I guess I'm in control of it, which is kind of scary. The first statement is, the devil, the devil said to him, to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. The second statement is, if you worship me, this, or it will all be yours. The third statement is, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. With an if statement, if you, you know, know anything about, about the English language, which uh, I've said when I was a youth pastor that English was my second language because I wasn't very good as far as writing sentences down, and, and my wife was like, no, Darwin, you can't, you can't make that one sentence. That's like a whole paragraph. We've got to cut that up a little bit. And so... Um, over the years, you know, I've gotten better, but it's still, it's like, okay, sometimes these statements or writing is just a struggle. But so here, uh, uh, Satan omits the words then. And so we're going to put that in there um, because I think it helps us dealing with the tone of the message. And so when you look at if statements that are in the Bible, and in looking at it uh, in my commentaries and stuff this week, there are over um, 1,500 verses, over 1,600 times that the word if is used. And sometimes it's used, you know, just as, as in a statement, but a lot of times there is an if followed by a few words later, the, the um, word that you could put in there then. Um, so we'll, we'll look at that as well. Also, the word if, I mean, it's interesting that, that when it is used, and if it's used appropriately, and we'll look at some of those passages, that that word can set, or we can use it to set the world on fire. Or it can be where it just causes, uh, causes our world just to be turned upside down. But like Jesus, in these moments where he is able to, to face this situation alone, but also being led by the Spirit, we as Christians also have the Holy Spirit to help us in those situations. So let's look at these uh, uh, statements, statements, statements more in detail. It says in verse, uh, verse 2, For forty days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So here's the situation. Jesus has been in the wilderness for 40 days after the, his baptism. He's there for 40 days being tempted by Satan and then also, you know, being hungry. I found this interesting is, is they say that after five days of, of starving, your strong appetite leaves. And then it says that you, can, you are able to drink water up to like 40 days and be able to survive. Uh, survive. You wouldn't starve to death. And so I was like, man, I wonder if that's, is that the case with like the show Survivor? You know, any Survivor fans in here? Okay, couple, sweet. I've watched every episode from the very first one through what, season 47 now, I think, just started or whatever it is. Would love to, to go on it. Um, 
I've applied, but I haven't hit the send button. Okay, so I'm close. Uh, in fact, my, my daughter, who is also a diehard um, Survivor fan, she, would, uh, she wants to go on it with me. And I said, well, maybe we could do it with the, the three of us. My oldest son, who would be the brain. My daughter would be the beauty. And I would be the brawn. Somebody from first service says, no, that's not right. You should be bald. <laughs> I was like, well, that would probably work. But anyway, with, you know, with that, it's like, okay, why is it for 30 days? And you, and you watch the people as they're struggling to eat. Uh, especially now, it seems like, you know, the last few seasons after COVID, you know, it goes about 26 days. And it's like they're given nothing. Where before they would get rice. And now, you know, there's just a whole other thing, uh, other part of it where they have to negotiate it. So, but to me, there's some significance of the 40 that is used. The Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. Uh, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights when Noah was in the ark. So Jesus has been in the wilderness for 40 days. He's hungry. Um, Satan's been badgering him. And then all of a sudden, he comes up and he says, if you are the Son of God, tell these this stone to become bread. Now, in commentaries that I was looking at, and, and, and we talked about this um, on Tuesday at, at Elder, or Wednesday at Elder Board, um, and Isaac had talked about the Blue Letter app, which I downloaded you know, that day, uh, started looking at it, some pretty cool stuff. And, and this particular one in the Greek, it doesn't say the word if, it uses the word since. Since you are the Son of God. So Satan is acknowledging who Jesus is. And so, but he's trying to, to basically say, okay, since you are hungry, since you have the authority, since you know all power has been given to you by your Father, take care of your physical need. Right now. And so many times we do the same as well, right? We use our divine gifts to, to satisfy the needs of our flesh. Or sometimes we use God's given talents or positions of authority for our own benefit, don't we? Instead of maybe using them to honor and glorify God. So Satan here is suggesting, Jesus, go ahead. Satisfy that need that you know you have, that you know that you can fulfill and everything You'll be satisfied. The second statement, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Then it says in verse, uh, verse 5, And the devil took him up, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will, if you then will worship me. And all will be yours. I found this interesting in, in uh, looking at looking at this statement that Jesus did not dispute that the earth was Satan's. That was his dominion. 
Because ever since this, the sin of Adam and Eve, uh, you know, way back, that sin entered the world, now Satan was in charge of the earth and all the people that were a part of it. But if Jesus would have accepted Satan's offer, our salvation would have been impossible. Because first, Jesus would have sinned by giving worship to the devil, thus could not have offered himself a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And we just, you know, in communion, we remember that. Second, Scripture teaches that the Messiah would first suffer and only then enter his glory. Third, since the devil tried to prevent Christ's voluntary death for our sins, the implication of the second temptation was that accepting an immediate kingdom would avoid the cross. It is so interesting in, in the study that I've done, especially with the disciples, is that most of the disciples, when they were called by Jesus, was hoping that he was going to, to establish a kingdom on earth to overthrow the Roman government. And it wasn't until after Jesus' death on the cross that they realized that he was the Messiah and what the hope and what his purpose was to come into earth. It was to save us from our sin. Even Judas, you know, betrayed Jesus because he realized that Jesus was not setting up that earthly kingdom. How about the third one? If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. And it says in, let's see, verse 9. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So Jesus turns the tables kind of and, and uses scripture his own. And he quotes out of Psalm 91, 9 to 13. Especially verses uh, uh, 10 and 11. And, or 11 and 12, sorry. But let's read, or I'll read to you, Psalm 91, 9 through 13. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plagues come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. For their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. It's interesting how Satan operates a lot of times in our lives. He's an accuser. He'll take things out of context. Because if you go back to what he said, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. He leaves out four important words. And those words are, in all your ways. 
Sometimes it's, it's, you know, by omitting those words, the possibility to uh, facilitate application, to act in inconsistent with the normal ways of the godly person. He's saying, okay, just, you know, admit in all your ways. No big deal. So this morning, after those statements, what is application that we may have? If is a word God uses to build us up. As I mentioned before, I, you know, I looked in, in my commentary, 1,600 times the word if is used. Over 1,500 verses. And there's probably more. Uh, you know, it took me a while to, get, to go through those verses. But there's some really great ones that we can hold to um, that builds us up or, or causes us to say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. The first one is in uh, Second Corinthians, or Second Chronicles 7.14. Um, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and, sa- and said this to him about the people of Israel. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. They were struggling with uh, just sin, rejecting God. And God's at a point where, you know, he's kind of had enough and he said, okay, Solomon, you need to tell this to the people. He said, these are my chosen people, and here's what they need to do. Humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, turn from their sin. And and he says, I will hear and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Another verse. Romans 8.31 what shall we say? Uh, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Man, I, you know, personally in my life, running up against stuff, it's like, you know, where's God? But I realize because I have possibly stepped away from Him or my focus hasn't been on Him. And He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? One of my favorite passages here, 1 John 1, 5 to 10. A lot of us know 1 John 1, 9 and, and have probably memorized it from when we were little kids. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all in sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, then his word is not in us. A lot of if-then statements in there. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in, walk in the darkness, 
then we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us all sin. If we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Second Timothy 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past. Behold, the new has come. The passage is saying, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has, has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it says, they're a new creation. The old is past, behold, the new has come. Second Timothy 2, 11-13. The saying is trustworthy for, if we have died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faith, faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God uses the word if to stir us in faith, hope, and love. If you act in this way, he says, then I will bless you and we will do great things together. The, world, the word if is neutral in itself. The effect of it holds power according to the one speaking it and the motivations behind its use. God uses the word if for our benefits and flourishing. The enemy uses the word for our confusion, ultimately our extermination. If is a word that accuser uses to break us. 1 Peter 5.8, our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He uses it to, to possibly confuse us. He, sometimes there's those, those things that happen in our life and we go, what in the world is going on? I don't understand it. Because Satan is the father of lies. And so sometimes, you know, we, we struggle with anxiety and maybe mental health issues because we're praying to God, and, and, and I've seen that happen. Where people will pray to God and say, well, God isn't real because he hasn't answered my prayer. And to me, that Satan is trying to cause us to doubt. Look at the book of Job. Man, it, it is chucked full of if statements. Because remember, Job lost his whole family. I mean, Satan come to Jesus, uh, or to God, and says, man, I, I've been roaming around the earth. I found this dude, Job. He's a godly man. But I think he will, he will re, you know, renounce his faith. Jesus says, man, you can do whatever. God says, whatever you want to to him, just don't take his life. So he loses his family, loses his possessions, loses all kinds of things. And then he goes through this time where, where he has his friends. And so you almost see this banter going back and forth in a lot of chapters. 
where his friends are saying, you know, denounce your faith. Tell God to, you know, take a long walk off a short pier because he's failed you. And Job comes back and says, no, 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 no. God is still in control. I don't understand maybe what's going on, but God is still in control. If is a word we can use to see the kingdom come. Again, many great verses. Romans 9.10, it's part of the Romans road. If you've ever you know, done any type of study where you know, given a gospel presentation to somebody using the Romans road, you know, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, uh, Romans 10.9 and 10. This one says, if you, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. Man, so many times we try to put the stipulation on what it means to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But Paul, in his message to the Romans, is saying, no, here's what it is. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you acknowledge that. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It doesn't mean that, you know, going to church, going to church doesn't save you. Doing good things to people doesn't save you. Giving money to the church or to organization doesn't save you. What saves you is, is by you confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is who he said he has been, will be, and forever will be. And that you believe that God raised him from the dead. Which historically, we can see that. Matthew 17, 20. He said to them, because, you're, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like this grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here, to there and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Um, when I was a, a freshman and sophomore in high school, I had a horrible, horrible self-image. I had a basketball coach that would yell and, and uh, uh, I mean, I couldn't walk down the court, just walk without him yelling at me. Just struggled with being um, just adequate as far as playing basketball. Yet, in reality, I wasn't that good. You know, I just wasn't that good. But he really affected my self-image. But this was one of the passages is like, okay, if I have the faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. 
I mean, I would say the faith that I had back then and who God, what he had done for me and in me was probably the faith the size that you had to get out a microscope to even see if it existed. I mean, a mustard seed is really small. But he says, if you have that kind of faith, you can tell this mountain, move, and it will go. This verse, but also, um, it was, uh, let's see, I think it was before, well, before my sophomore year of high school, uh, I went to a rodeo Bible camp uh, up in Belvedere, South Dakota. One of the guys that was there is a guy by the name of Bob Donaldson. Bob Donaldson was a, pro- a professional bullfighter, or back, you know, in my day, they called them clowns, but they protected the bullfighters. And he has this had this picture, and I still have it, uh, that says, what you are is God's gift to you. What you make of yourself is your gift to God. I was like, man. Because what I was doing as a sophomore in high school was a horrible reflection of who God was. Horrible reflection. Because I doubted God's role in my life. I allowed that basketball coach to, to yell and scream at me and, and to make me feel worthless. And it wasn't until that point, what you are is God's gift to you. What you make of yourself is your gift to God. Man, God has given us, each and every one of us, talents and abilities and gifts that are unique to you. Now, can all of you come up here and speak or want to speak and and not be scared to death? No. But you can do stuff that that, that you're way smarter. I mean, there's people in this room that when it comes to, to, to math, to accounting, to science, are way smarter than me. Way smarter than me. The joke at work is that, you know, I love Excel spreadsheets. No. I hate Excel spreadsheets. I am so horrible at Excel spreadsheets. Uh, and they're, they're sitting in the back, and I'll make fun of them now. But, the, you know, these young, these young guys that we have, I, they, some of the stuff they do with Excel spreadsheets, it's like, I don't even know that even existed in Excel. I mean, I'm lucky if I can do a whole sum, you know, Highlight it all, hit auto sum, boom, I have this nice little, you know, number at the bottom. But they're doing all this other crazy stuff within Excel. Glad that they're there because I cannot do it. John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And will take you to myself, and where I am, you may be also. Man, what a great promise that is. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going someplace to prepare a place for you. And, and yeah, after I leave here, I'm going to come back. And this is going to be for you, a place in heaven that, that in Revelation, it tries to describe it and and the words that are used is just, I, I mean, I can't imagine 
what it's like. But boy, I can't wait to get there. Especially with how our world is right now. The thing is, is no matter how much I can't wait to get there, I also know that there is a lot of work that we have to do here as believers that we are able to share with others that we are going to be taking as many friends and family along with us as possible to spend eternity in heaven. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus, maybe even this morning, maybe even this morning is knocking at your heart's door saying, you do not have a relationship with me. That if you would die this morning, which I you know, don't wish it on anybody or anything, but if you would die this morning and you'd stand before Jesus and he would say, why should I let you into my heaven? You wouldn't be able to answer that question. Because you don't know. But just be rest assured that Jesus might be knocking at, you know, standing at, at, at your heart's door going, you know, hear my voice. Let me come in. Accept me as, as your Lord and Savior. And it's super easy to do. Just as I mentioned before, Confess your sin to him. Say that you're a sinner. And then say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I don't understand what my future is going to be, but I trust God that you do. And it says he will come in, he will come in to you have fellowship with you and you with him. Imagine yourself using the word for kingdom purposes. If is a word that can lead us to follow Jesus with focus and faith in a hostile, into a hostile world. Man, I, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't understand why certain things happen. Why good things happen or bad things happen to good people. Why people are tempted and fall into sin. I don't understand it. I don't understand why God would allow those things to happen. What I do understand is that God is in control. My faith in Him is something that I have to renew every, every day. That I get up and say, God, I don't know what today, what happens for today, but you do. And I think, you know, Jesus, yeah, He knew this was going to happen because of who he is. I mean, he is, he's God's son. 
but he was able to answer Satan with scripture, which we'll hear about next week. And we need to have that as well in our hearts. God comes to you with an if God comes to you with an if, listen. When the enemy comes to you with an if, challenge. When you carry your own if within you, the if that comes from faith and vision, look to God to lead you into the unrealized future. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope that we have. God, I pray that some of these words this morning would, would, that your Holy Spirit would be working in people's lives and they'd be going, Darwin, I don't know if I know you as my Lord and Savior, if they would know you, God, as their Lord and Savior. God, help them to to come to that realization, maybe just even uh, come up and talk to me or to Pastor Mike or, or someone else here, that, and they would wonder. God, I think even about the conversation that I had last week with someone that was, was struggling with where they were at in their faith. God, I hope they have that assurance that because of a decision a long time ago that they realize that they can rest in your your arms, your hope. God, we can also have that same assurance of knowing you, of loving you, of you loving us first. God, help us to have that hope in the future, and even in the present, because you are God. That you are able to withstand the temptation from Satan himself, and still without sin, and without compromising your deity, your holiness, that we can have that assurance of accepting you, of knowing you, of having a relationship with you that you so want with us. God, thank you for this morning and for our time here. In Jesus' name, amen.